Welcome into a brand new Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Tour Championship. I'm Rick Gaiman, that right there, Joe Idoni. Joe, wow, we've made it. We've made it till the end of the season, and we've been rewarded with the most unique cash market of the year. Yeah, the most unique. I made a, a little tweet earlier today. I can get into it later about what I think might be the most profitable in terms of last year market of the year. I'm excited. 29 guys, season finale, tour championship, news, and golf was rampant through the uh, airwaves today. So excited to talk about all that stuff with you over the next hour here. Has your head stopped spinning yet from uh, not only a Jay Monahan presser earlier today, but Tiger and Roy just dropping a new league on us real quick? It hasn't, man. And I've been trying to just uh, do my best to keep up, but a lot of moving parts. I think for the most part, um, you know, I'm going to let it marinate for a little bit, but I think all moves uh, for the betterment of the PGA Tour and the fan experience. So I'm excited. Yeah, there's still obviously a lot of details that we don't know that they don't know that are going to have to be ironed out, but we'll we'll see. At least it is uh, obviously a response to, to what Liv has been up to. So we'll see how it all shakes out. And uh, they're doing it quickly because all that stuff is basically effective immediately, which yeah. is a lot faster than I thought they could have ever have moved. That was the surprise. Yeah, like we talked before, it's like um, the fire that was slowly sort of building. It's like they took a can of gasoline and just poured it on it. So everything from that's happened over the last three months has accelerated the timeline on, I think, all of their ultimate goals, uh, which hopefully um, doesn't screw anything up and works out correctly. But I think it was like, like it felt like it was always they they sort of undermine the approach that Liv had to sort of throw a punch at them and didn't really play a whole lot of defense. And this was really their first big opportunity to to kind of strike back as the dominant you know tour. Yeah, certainly certainly did, and obviously we'll see how the rest of that continues to shake out tonight. We're focused on the tour championship and we are playing stock market DF as we are playing on jock market. If you haven't deposited yet, the code you're looking for there is power. There's a link in the description. You can get your hundred hundred dollar deposit match there. But um, Joe, I, I mentioned it already. Very unique market that we have for tonight. Uh, the staggered start that you get on the PGA tour where Scotty Scheffler starts at 10 under and then Patrick Cantlay starts at eight under and Xander now is going to start at six under that doesn't really matter as much here in the jock market. Does it? No, absolutely not. It's really a 72 hole stroke play tournament from scratch with the only caveat there, Rick being that the winner ultimately of the tour championship, which is the with strokes format will be awarded the five additional points. Um, which didn't really factor in last year because Cantlay was still with those five extra points able to edge out John Rahm and I believe Kevin Na for that top spot. Um, but that said, say say Rahm shoots, um, I don't know, 20 under this week and Scotty Scheffler shoots 14 under par. With Those are the finishing scores. Um, Rahm will still take that first place nod and that first place payout because even with the five bonus points awarded to Scotty, uh, Rom will still be the, the top point earner for the week. So it's a little bit of a nuanced situation, but I think for the most part, you treat it as a 72 hole stroke play tournament and you just give a nod to those guys starting at the top because they have a good chance to finish with that extra five points. I like this for the, jo for the jock market. You know, there is, there, I, I, you know, for other fantasy formats and even for some of the betting markets, I don't mind the starting strokes as much, but realistically, if you're making an outright wager using the starting strokes, there's really only a handful of guys that can actually win this golf tournament. And one of my favorite things about the jock market, which I say every single week is that everyone in the field is live. Like you, you can make money off of all of these guys. So it's only fair and only true to the format that all 29 of these guys are going to be super live because we're playing 72 hole stroke play. Everybody starts at zero. 
you mentioned it. It's why we like jock market so much is every player in the field has a price and has a position and where they can uh, return you a profit or a negative. And it's just battling that expectation point that that's the same this week. A smaller field makes it a little bit easier to kind of hone in on some guys that you like. Maybe not as many options out there to sort of trade throughout the next 45 minutes IPO, uh, but certainly uh, is proven to be one of the more lucrative markets over the first couple of years. Yeah, I'll look back at last year's here in just a second, but um, let's talk about the payouts because a field that originally started as 30, Will Zalatoris, who WDs, technically, I suppose, still available in the jock market. So that 30th spot is going to end up being Will Zalatoris. He's going to pay out a dollar, but everybody above that, uh, it, the minimum is now a dollar and 13 cents. How is this payout structure and the curve of this going to impact this week's format? Yeah, it's it's similar, I believe, to what they do on like a single game NFL slate, like a Monday night football slate, because there's rightfully around 30 guys. Um, yeah, the top seven guys in this week's contest are going to pay out $10 to $25. So those are your double digit price points there. Number seven being at 10, you know, 25 down to 20, 16, 14. So we miss a couple of price points in there, but given that we don't have 156 guys in this field to really get shares of, I think narrowing it down to 30, there are still some attractive payouts for those top seven guys, which is basically, you know, 25% of the field. I know you've been diving into recent years here for jock market. And I'm, what I'm showing right now is the 2021 tour championship, all of this data available for free, rickrungood.com. Joe, have you, what have you learned kind of going back and diving through some of these older contests? Yeah, well, it was tough, right? Because 2020 was the first one, but jock market was so new at that point that I really didn't like glean a whole lot of information from it because the game was played totally different. Now, last year's market, um, even if you look at where the IPOs were, were relatively down versus what I think the expectation is going into tonight. Patrick Cantlay, you know, started in that that second spot last year and finished at uh I'm sorry, started in the top spot and finished at $7.06 IPO. If you kind of total up um, in the way that a lot of people kind of look at these markets or whether they're running on a positive or negative, the majority of markets run at a negative and they should, Rick. I think this is a good point like that we need to make out there. They can't leave these markets where you can just buy every single player and it runs at a positive for every single week because then there's no strategy involved. There's no reason for the app. It's just get as many shares as possible. Um, this one uniquely last year, I think, ran at one of the more positive figures that we saw all year. If you had one share of every single player in the field, you made $18.29 per those 30 shares, 281% ROI. Like if you just, and I even dove a little further, if you took with the starting strokes and you just bid on those top 10 guys based on where they started the tournament, um, you made almost 250% ROI just taking those top 10 guys. So I think sticking at the top of the board, I do feel like we'll see that reflected a little bit in the strategy this week. Um, but 605 shares, it's a record amount of shares for any golf contest. I don't know how that is in terms of football, but it's a lot. Um, so there's definitely a lot of options in a market that I'm extremely excited about. Yeah, 605 shares available for that's per player, right? Yes, per player. Per player uh, for 29, or I guess technically 30 players, but I can't imagine anybody's bidding up Will Zalatoris. Okay, yeah, which which it's fascinating when you kind of lift up the hood a little bit and start breaking into these contests and how they're set up and how they're supposed to run versus how they actually run. But this seems to be a point. And Joe, are we gonna are we gonna see it from you that like are you gonna be more heavily invested in this market? Not like for I mean, I know I'm you have to do it live on the show, so it's a lot harder than the normal, <laughs> just like someone sitting at home getting their bids in. But like, are you gonna try to take advantage of this? Yeah, it's a little tough to do both, I will say. Uh, but yes, I, I am looking forward to it. Now I have expectations of where I think the pricing will fall. Should that exceed it? Should a lot of people be thinking like I'm thinking? Um, I may play my normal, but if things are shaping up kind of like last year, um, I am going to be a little bit more aggressive tonight, given that I think anytime that I think in jock market that, that you don't have a full field event, I do feel like as a player, it, it gives you an increased opportunity because less players in the field. We even saw it at St. Jude when the 
trimmed down to 130 and then when it trimmed down to 70. Um, these are the markets that tend to be uh, the best in terms of profitability if you can make the right moves there. Let's play a little bullish or bearish. This is our opportunity to focus on four golfers and take a stance on them in one direction or another. Joe, I've got a couple of guys in mind, but where do you want to head tonight for our first bullish or bearish golfer? Uh, let's talk about Rory. Okay, let's talk about Rory. Rory McIlroy is fair value, $7.34. That's asking him to finish, let's see, about 10th or better. You talked about that, that 750 mark is uh, 10th or better. So that's what we've got for Rory this week. And again, this is without starting strokes. Everybody starts at zero. I like him. Uh, I'm bullish on it. I actually think, let me pull that back up. It's se so 750 would actually only be asking. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. 10th or better. Um, I'm still bullish on that price point. I'm bullish on Rory's chances this week. He loves East Lake. I had him second in terms of strokes gained total at East Lake. Um, led the PGA Tour in scoring average this year. Had by all means um, a phenomenal year where he actually putted one of it, you know, one of his best putting years of recent, the ball strike, he just didn't get the wins that I think we expected and some letdowns in some of the bigger tournaments on Sundays kind of killed it. Um, but by, by all stretches, uh, he's had a fantastic year. I'm bullish on his chances at East Lake. I do think that he's in a position where you mentioned there's not a whole lot of guys that you want to give up five strokes to start a tournament. He's one of those guys I can trust can make it up in the first couple of days. And when he finds himself into contention at a course like Eastlake, we've seen what he does before. I believe he's the only player um, since they started this format with the FedEx Cup who's, who's not started in the pole position and ended up winning. Yeah, he won it from five under in 2019. He's uh, four under, I believe, this week going in. And hard to argue with the ROI, hard to argue with the returns, 40% ROI over the course of his last 10 starts. And yeah, I, mean, I think this is a good opportunity, Joe, as I take a, a bullish stance on him as well to, to remember like the incentives that we want these golfers to have don't necessarily align with their incentives on the golf course. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, as much as if you're buying shares of Scotty tonight, you're going to want him to go nuts and you are going to want him to shoot, you know, 15 under par, just, uh, gross as opposed to net Rory. And, and a lot of these guys have enough firepower and are in a position where they are just going to likely be foot on the pedal. So this is kind of the rare opportunity to get some of these guys as they try to fly up the leaderboard. Yeah, absolutely. This is the time now, especially on a guy like Roy. I do think this makes an interesting tournament too to play uh, live because really you start from the jump with the opportunity to to potentially catch that winner, um, and you just have more holes to play with instead of fifty four holes left uh, after the first day. You basically can consider the first day already completed, and there's a full seventy two holes left. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. Is is like a, a five round tournament, and this is where things ended up after day one. So you just have more holes, which gives you more time, which gives you more opportunity to move either up or potentially down that leaderboard. Next up would be Matt Fitzpatrick. And I, uh, I have bet Matt Fitzpatrick in the non-starting strokes market. Okay. That, that's, that's what I like him in. I think this is a guy who, uh, when you get on more difficult golf courses, shooting a couple under par, every single round that's going to move you a long way. And we've seen uh, that Eastlake tends to skew on the more difficult side of things over the last handful of years, it's a little wet this year. So we'll, we'll see, but that rough is kind of unpredictable. If it's Patrick's just, he's just a complete game kind of guy. So I'm, I'm going out there. I'm, I'm looking for like three under every single day and that'll make me plenty of money in the jock market. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that take. I, I, you're right. Difficult golf course. Love the way he's played. Obviously, it's a good track record winning the U.S. Open this year. Kind of it's for another show. But the fact that he's starting in at position 11 after winning a U.S. Open and having a fantastic year with a lot of good finishes is one thing. Um, but it is a lot of ground to make up. I think that that like if you look at a lot of these guys last year, Rick, who kind of went in this sort of six dollar range, um, 
not a lot of them were able to turn a profit. It seemed to be you go for the guys at the top, and this is the one range, I think, in spots like 11 to 15 last year that did show a big loss in terms of ROI. Right in sort of the middle, I think a lot of people saw that opportunity, but it just didn't pan out that way last year. Not to say that's necessarily indicative of what's going to happen this season when you have guys like Matt Fitzpatrick and Justin Thomas sort of starting in this position, which are unique players with major championships and pedigree to go along with it. I'll just, for the sake of... For the sake of this sort of segment here, I'll go bearish on Fitz. Yeah, that's fine. We can certainly disagree. So we've got Rory and Matt Fitzpatrick in the books. Where do you want to go next? Uh, let's see here. Let's talk about how about I'm going to go all the way down because I love I love Sahith. Can we talk Sahith? Yeah, I've got him at five dollars and eighty nine cents in terms of fair value. That's thirteenth or better. Which again. Uh, it's a 29th person field. So re re readjust your brain for a second. You're only asking him to finish basically in the top third of the field. So I'm assuming you're taking a bullish stance here. Yeah, I love him. Um, top 15 in the first two FedEx cup events. I believe one of only four players to do so. Um, the confidence, honestly, Rick, that I think he gained, by clutching up on 16 and 17 last week was huge for him because he's had a couple moments late on Sundays this season, in which case um, things didn't go his way. So, so to see it go his way, to get that monkey off of his shoulders, to get into the tour championship as a rookie, to get himself into the Masters next year, to now get himself into the tournament of champions, like he opened so many doors in terms of potential and, and what he's going to have on the table for him in the future. I almost feel like he's kind of free rolling this week and I know that he's not going to win. Right. So the five points is out the door. Um, but if he's starting, if everyone else is starting at 72 holes, I love his ability to make birdies. He led the PGA tour and birdies made this season with over 400 of them. Um, the guy just goes out there and tries to shoot the best he can. Could it go wrong? Yes, but I think given where the field is, that the opportunity for it to go right and him to sort of keep the train rolling makes me be bullish. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, but I'll play devil's advocate here okay. and I'll offer I'll offer the alternative, which is he lost like four and a half or five and a half strokes off the tee last week. If yeah, he is if he is not able to find fairways, he is going to make his life very, very difficult. We've seen uh, I've got a couple pictures, couple videos from from East Lake. It is very inconsistent when you get in the rough. You, I've I've seen balls land right next to one another. One goes down four inches. The other one sits right on top, and it's kind of hard to determine what's a flyer and not what's not a flyer. So if he is not able to keep his ball in the short grass, which is not easy, so tough. They're tough fairways to hit. Um, you, to echo your point, like it could go sideways quickly. Right. If if yeah. things are going well, they'll go very well. If things are going poorly, they'll go very poorly. So if it <laughs> if that's the type of stock you're looking for, right? If that's the type of stock you're looking to build into your portfolio, he's going to be available to you. Yep. Totally. All right. Last one. Um, Cam Young, who I have at six dollars and seventy seven cents for fair value. It's eleven or better, eleven point five. Why have I not heard more about Cam Young this week? Right. Like, am I making that up or am I just what's happening? It's been very quiet, um, especially given that the the previous couple of weeks, it was not so quiet. Um, I think it really depends on it. Like if you mentioned the importance of off the tee game and driving it long and straight, which we know distance is important here. But if that rough has gone up and furthermore, if they end up if this place ends up getting wet and they end up playing preferred lies, obviously another big advantage to being in the fairway um, to which he is great at. Um, I, it's just a big ask for me. I think in the in the tour championship, um, I do think that the fair value gets is a okay. So they have the fair values between Sahith and Cam Young relatively close. I think there's a big gap there that we'll see by the end of IPO of a couple dollars. In which case, I lean Sahith. If they're closer together, I would probably go Cam Young because I think he's a little bit better of a player. Both fantastic rookies. Both kind of free rolling. Both no pressure. Like you can't think about the money in this circumstance. You just got to go out and play. I think for these type of guys, as hard as that may be, when four million is going to fourth, uh, yeah, a lot to play for. Uh, I'll say bearish, um, just in this instance on on Cam Young. What about you? Yeah, I'll take the bullish side. I mean, we've we've seen Cam Young participate in twenty four cash markets. Uh, so the last twenty four markets for everybody in this field, Cam Young, number one in average ROI. Worth noting. Not a single win in sight there for Cam Young. A lot of runner-up finishes, a couple of thirds. If you want to go even more recent, last 10, 
second to Scott Stallings in average ROI. And on a week where it seems like the sentiment is not as strong as I can remember in recent weeks. And I agree. I don't, I don't think this is like one of the better spots on tour for him, but I didn't think that about Harbor town finished second there. Uh, I mean, he, he has kind of made a habit of playing really, really well at a lot of different golf courses. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll take the bullish side on him. Yeah, especially with these guys, um, and given the the changes that we heard about today on the PGA Tour, I if they if if we could buy stock in these two guys that we just spoke about for next season, I, I'd be very bullish on both of them. So um, they're going to be awesome. All right, that concludes our bullish and bearish seg, bullish or bearish segment. Now, if you're looking to get involved, the code you're looking for there, power. There's a link in the description. You can get your $100 deposit match, and I can finally, for the first time, unveil the big board, which Joe has Xander Shoffley at the top, tied with Rory McIlroy. They're both eight dollars a share right now. Let's talk Xander. Uh, Xander got nipped by. Patrick Cantlay last week, but a T3 at the BMW Championship. Obviously, a couple of wins back-to-back earlier this year, and we know he loves some Eastlake. So is there any chance Xander's the most expensive golfer tonight, or is that is that just going to end up being Rory at some point? I actually think it's probably going to be Scotty Scheffler just because of the starting bonus thing. And just given that he's plus 250 to win this thing, like the books are obviously telling us he's a big favorite. That five points is is massive. Um, Xander, though, I think you put it right up there at number two in my mind. I even got him over Cantlay. Uh, Fantastic at Eastlake. You mentioned the track record. You mentioned the the full skill set that seems to line up with this place, ideally. Uh, Number one in strokes gained at Eastlake over the course of his career. Been fantastic, in good form. Love him this week. I just think that um, the most likely scenario is a great player who's had a world-class season and is number one in the world is probably going to win. I think that's probably what happens, but Xander would be second on my list. Ninth or better. That's what he'd have to finish at that $8 IPO. And again, remember that is without using the starting stroke. So 72 holes, no cut. Everybody starts at zero. Add them up. See who is in the lead after 72 holes. That's how we're playing it here. Uh, Xander and Roy McElroy at $8 a share. John, Rom, $6.88. Got a real bad pre-rank. Actually, I'll tell you what, there's some really bad pre-ranks here. John Rom, 13th, horrible. Xander Shawfleet, 12th, horrible. Um, I mean, Aaron Wise again. Who did we decide that Aaron Wise's mom makes these rankings? Like, right? He's just always outrageously pre-ranked, but that that's a consideration you have to make this week. Does that like uh, combine that with the fact that John Rom 688 probably hasn't had the year that he wanted, but he's played well recently. Like where do we stand on, on, on J- JR here? Love him. Uh, I thought that he really turned, turned the corner last week. Um, been doing so, I think, in recent weeks. We've been seeing everything kind of make a little bit of an uptick. You see there on the graphs, although he's been a loser over the last you know, 10 markets, um, yep. we're starting to see things back trending up for him. I think this is a good spot to buy in on him. We mentioned that he shot the low score here last year. Like John Ramala, just kind of depends for me on where that price point gets. The pre-rank is an important note. Breaks all ties. So uh, him being at 13th is certainly sort of a disservice to him when you know, you've got Tom Hoagie two spots away. Like that, that's obviously a little bit of a mistake and you have to factor that in. If you're looking to, I try not to, to bring it up too much in, in just a 29 man field here. But if you're trying to break ties between two guys, it's an easy sort of default. Yeah. Especially cause you could get, you know, like two guys that tie for sixth uh, in a 29 person feel like that's not that crazy or three guys. And that could be a, two or three dollar swing because he's getting a he's getting a really bad pre-rank so yeah it's it's hard to kind of wrap your head around and think about in this moment but we might get there sunday night and be like oh my god like that that really yeah there's an importance to it like even last year uh rom and kevin na tied for the best score now obviously patrick Cantlay got that 25 dollars payout but the difference between 20 dollars a share and 16 dollars a share uh is 20 percent. so um a big difference there if you have two guys who tie and the pre-rank is what ultimately broke it between na and, and rom last year 
All right, Patrick Cantlay, 555. I think this is, um, and I've kind of said that a lot this week, just with the format, I think objectively Patrick Cantlay is the type of guy you want to be investing in. He's only two shots off the lead, so clearly he has a chance to get the five uh, the five point bonus. He's playing well, obviously coming off the BMW championship win. And he's, you know, trying to defend his FedEx cup also. Um, uh, okay. The, the will Zalat, we didn't really mention it. Zal- so Zalatoris being out means that there's also now a two shot gap between Cantlay and Xander. So like there's kind of a couple tiers here where it just adds more protection to Scotty at the top, adds more protection to Cantlay. Like I'd, I'd probably be a big buyer on Cantlay this week. You're right. Both of them are further protected. I wasn't quite sure how they were going to handle it given the withdrawal was early. If they were going to bump everyone up a slot in terms of starting position and when Will Z moved out, um, the tour decided not to do that, which I think was probably the right decision. Things could get convoluted with a late withdrawal there and they could open up a whole can of worms. But to your point, um, I do think it further solidifies their advantage of another player sort of out of the mix and you keep a further gap between you and the next best player on the board. Helps can't lay. We know that he just like he backpacks form and just carries it when he's got it going. And when you see that confidence, like we saw out of him on Sunday, um, he's a killer down the stretch. He makes putts. He knows how to close the door on a tournament. Um, I feel pretty good about him, given that he was able to do it here last year. Yeah, he's pretty streaky. Right. And I think yeah. that's your, you know, when it's when he's in a little bit of a slump, it can last three or four weeks. And when he's red hot, it can last three or four or five weeks and you can rack him up. Uh, Scotty Shuffler, 444. Now he's in the pole position to capture that extra five points. And we could argue whether that's good or bad and what type of style of golf he's going to have to play to make sure that he wins the FedEx cup. But uh, you said just a couple of minutes ago, you think he might be the, the most expensive uh, golfer tonight. Yeah, I do. Um, I think that the, the bonus is huge. I think where he's starting is huge. And, and what he did this year was by no means uh, a fluke. Made a run uh, last week in terms of his finished position at the BMW. So that was good to see him kind of putt a little bit better because that putter has really sort of been letting him down lately. Good to see that. He's got experience on the bag with Ted Scott. It made all the difference for him this year. The form incoming is not like master where it was at the masters but it's also not bad either the starting strokes is a big advantage i think that he's he's the heavy favorite to bring home the tour championship on sunday and if he does he's got that cushion like you mentioned uh with Cantlay, and then a spot missing and then xander so he, he's got a nice little cushion where he should uh likely i think the most likely scenario is is he ends up taking home 25 bucks a share uh, this IPO is going to close just a bit before 9 p.m. So we got about 15, 16, 17 minutes until that happens. And let me flip this around and, and look at the top 10 golfers. We've been talking a lot about pre-rank. Cam Smith, uh, the number one pre-ranked golfer, he will break all ties. I can refresh this, but as of my last refresh, he was still at a dollar per share. I don't know if people don't want to play him because of the live cloud hanging over his head or what. But um, listen, like, and, and, and we didn't see him last week. Okay. He's still a dollar per share. That's wild. Like Cam, Cam Smith should be in the mix for the most expensive golfers tonight. Yes, I agree. I think we get a discounted Cam Smith tonight because of the withdrawal last week, which I think was just to, um, I think it was just to protect this week. In all honesty, I don't think it's that big of a problem. I'm not concerned about it. He makes birdies at a ridiculous rate. I think PGA Tour tweeted. I wish I had the numbers in front of me, but it was something like 39% of the time he hits the green, he birdies the hole, which is mind boggling to think about if, if you actually go out and play golf. Um, but the, but the guy's unbelievable. We know the putter strength. Um, I worry that this, this is, um, a narrow, hard, rough. If you're a little loose off the tee, it's not great for you. Uh, but he's been so fantastic. Like if it wasn't for the year that Scotty Scheffler's having, I, I still do think, um, you wouldn't win, but there's an argument that you could be made for Cam Smith for player of the year. When anytime you stack a players in an open championship, two of the top five tournaments within a year, nobody's done that in a long time. Plus another win second at the masters. He's been just, he's been awesome. So if we get him at a discounted rate tonight where he starts, we know that he can go low when other guys don't. Um, I have no problem getting shares of Cam Smith. You know, we've got a couple of horses here 
in Justin Thomas and Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland and I don't know, even Jordan Spieth, where the fact that there's no starting strokes involved in this make these guys a lot more interesting when you start thinking about the firepower that they have available to them. So is there kind of like a big dog who's going to start further down the leaderboard, which we don't super care about. We care about it a little bit, but we don't super care about it tonight. Uh, is there a horse starting further down the board that you're more interested in? I like Justin Thomas. Um, really good at East Lake over his career. The around the green game has been solid. He was losing with the putter substantially, although he was making a lot of that up with his pitching and chipping. Sand saves, he's great at. Um, veteran caddy on the bag. Seems like his strengths in terms of driving distance should favor him here at a place like East Lake. He's played well here in the past, although he's never sort of you know gotten all the way through the finish line. I, I like just his upside. And I think that, you know, if you get a little bit of a discount based, you know, if we're talking 72 old net score, um, yeah, if he goes in the mid $7 range tonight, uh, I'll be very happy to have some Justin Thomas. Yeah, he's um, always lurking. And when you don't have exposure to Justin Thomas, you never really feel comfortable about it because <laughs> it's always like, oh God, is it, is he going to burn me this time or, or when's it, when's it going to happen? You know, looking at, um, kind of the rest of the board and how this is shaping up. Then you have kind of these these middle tier options, Joe, who uh, you mentioned, you know, that the middle portion of the board might not historically have been great, but, you know, you could throw uh, a Joaquin Neiman and Max Homa into that category. Maybe even, I don't know, like a Corey Connors, depending on what his, what his price is for tonight. So is there a guy that we'd most prefer to come out of the middle as opposed to just avoiding it completely. Um, I do like Victor who I think kind of sits around that middle. I like Max Homa as well. Although he hasn't had a couple good finishes. I think this course sets up really well for him. Um, reminds me a lot of quail hollow reminds me a little bit of the other TPC course where he won the Wells Fargo this year. He's, we know he can win big time events when he, what he did at Riv. Um, I kind of like Max Homa a lot this week, but yeah, the middle range weirdly last year was, was not profitable. And that's usually a very good range to sort of be in. And then, but really you've got like, finding a couple of guys down the board who I don't think like it we're, we're talking, they're starting at even par, but if we're going 72 hole stroke play, like we saw Kevin nod do it last year, there's guys playing great. Like Scott Stallings kind of reminds me of someone like he could do something like Kevin, Nod, Seb Straka, like these guys almost won a 72 hole stroke play tournament against all these guys. The previous two weeks, um, Seb Straka got it all the way to a playoff very easily could have won and ruined the St. Jude Stallings could have easily made a putt on 18. They almost did it in a bigger field. So I don't think we should totally write them off because they're probably not going to get that five point bonus. doesn't mean they can't go out here and keep some good form going and shoot like a, a 72 hole score that ends, you know, being up in the top five. Right. That's really the thing is they're seemingly going to come in at a price that they don't need to win. And we don't care about that five, that five points, because if they can move themselves into the top 10 of the leaderboard, which as you discussed, they've done much better than that as of late. I mean, Scott Songs has gone second miscut 13th, 10th, fourth, eighth in basically full field events, Yeah, which is Absolutely nuts. And then, as you mentioned just last week in Wilmington, you know, he gets any one of those putts to drop late. Uh, and maybe we're talking about him being our BMW champion instead of uh, Patrick, Patrick Cantlay. So I'm interested in stallings. Um, Brian Harmon, we've seen him like just get hot at times, right? He's kind of like a high ceiling golfer. You can kind of find the type of investment that you're looking for down here. And if you want that high risk, high reward, like Seth Straka, you mentioned it, like, Last two have been great. Last eight have been horrible. But hey, you just need one. Yeah, he's he's got a definite uh, liking for Bermuda grass, which we do have this week. So once we got him back on Bermuda, uh, he seemed to start playing a little better. JT Poston's not playing badly either. Uh, top twenty at the St. Jude, twenty first at the Wyndham. Finished obviously won the John Deere five or six events ago. So these are you know from the, he's familiar with sort of Georgia and Carolina golf. Um, these type of players, I, I definitely could see myself getting some shares. Like right now, Poston's a dollar fifteen per share, and we're we're nine minutes away from IPO close. There's so many shares available. I really do think you can get some attractive prices on some of these lower guys if you can get one to pop. Yeah, speaking of only like nine minutes being left in this market, um, 
Aaron Wise, Hideki Matsuyama, and Max Homa have uh, zero bids on them, right? They're all still sitting at $1 a share. So let's just focus on these three. Wise, Hideki. Actually, we already talked about Homa. So how about Wise and, and Hideki? Like you can only you can only have one of them. Clearly, Hideki is uh, the class player who is uh, infinitely better but Aaron Wise has been fine as of late. He racks up a better pre-rank. And Hideki comes with a lot of question marks these days. A lot of question marks. I think I would still lean Hideki uh, given those two players. I tend to to always give the nod to um, just the guy who I think is significantly better than the other. Hideki's a world-class player. I think that um, if there's – like he's gearing up for this, right? I think that it, all of this stuff with the injury was to protect him. And, and, you know, it's okay if you withdraw from the 3M Open or you withdraw from the Rocket Mortgage. Um, he's not withdrawn this week. This is the big – this is the PGA Tours, like – live champ like this is their this is their premium events where they can make a ton of money he's there for that with one reason in mind um and i think that he's not where is he starting at he's starting at at, at t15 basically so um i don't think he's totally out of it but do i think that he can shoot a pretty good score right now being a dollar a share would would basically it doesn't mean there's no bids on him it just means there's not 605 bids on him for a share so there may be 604 so when you see one more we're going to see that price start to go up and we will um still doesn't mean that we get anywhere near the sort of six dollar and 90 cent fair value projection that he has tonight so i want to uh we've got a couple of minutes here to kind of mess around and what i realized we didn't we didn't get a chance to do is is go and look at last week so we looked yeah. at last year but we didn't look at last week and here's that scott stallings performance going from 338 to $20 a share. And, you know, Corey Connors, who is in this field going from 539 to 14. And Adam Scott, who we haven't spent much oxygen on, he, he to me, I mean, he might be like the, not the hottest player, but like he was outside the top, you know, uh, 125 got himself in. He was outside the top 70, got himself in. He was outside the top 30, played himself in. Like he has earned each step along the way of getting into the next playoff event. And here we go. He's currently, let's see what he's at right now. $2 and 59 cents a share with a handful of minutes to go. He's been awesome. Um, I know that he's starting in the, in the last position, basically in the, in the 25 to 30 spot. Um, I have him on my little chart over here in terms of rankings ranked 18th in this field out of 30, which may even be a little bit low, to be honest, given the way he's playing right now. He's putting it great. We know the iron play is always there with Adam Scott. He's got familiarity in the tour championship. Um, him sort of getting up and down last week and sneaking in. Uh, yeah, he's he's playing for a lot of money this week. And, and the difference between 24th and 14th is is damage um so yeah i think that they will get a good we'll get a good showing out of adam scott once again all right joe get out of here because this market is uh maturing very very quickly so good luck to you uh what's going to happen now is joe is going to go and build his portfolio and he's going to try to take offers away from you and you're going to try to do the same and then after this ipo closes we will uh check back in with joe and see what he finished up with so we've got a handful of minutes here by my clock it's 8 53 p.m. Eastern time. It'll close uh, just before nine o'clock Eastern time. And uh, it seems like there are now a lot of bids starting to roll in and this market is taking shape. Rory McIlroy is the man at the top, $9 per share right now. That's asking for Rory to finish eighth or better. Again, no starting strokes in play. That's $9 a share for Rory McIlroy. Scotty Scheffler, 849. Now he does benefit from being the favorite to get the extra five points from actually winning the FedEx Cup. That's the only thing in which the starting strokes are going to work their way in to this cash market for the night is that the actual guy who lifts up the FedEx Cup on the 18th green at East Lake on Sunday night gets five points, the rest of it based on the 72 holes that they play throughout the week. $8.49 a share. That's exactly what he went for at the FedEx St. Jude. Xander Shoffley, the 12th pre-ranked golfer, a little dirty by that pre-rank, $8.26. Patrick Cantlay at $8.25 and John Rahm at $8.06. Those are the only golfers over $8. Tony Finau, Hunky Tony, 
the only golfer in the $7 range, a tier to his own, $7.37, plenty of firepower. Certainly to move his way up the board, he's going to have to try to do that because he's going to start six shots back. So it might be incentivized to go out and see how low he can go. There's the move on Cam Smith, our number one pre-ranked golfer, 698. He is uh, currently still below his fair value by about 75 cents with Matt Fitzpatrick right in tow and Justin Thomas right behind. Let me try to refresh the big board here because I have a feeling it's changing quite quickly. Uh, 8.55 p.m. Eastern time. So we got a couple minutes here until this thing closes. Roy McElroy uh, still going one cent higher than that, 9.01. Uh, Scotty Scheffler and Xander Shoffley, 8.52 and 8.50 respectively. And okay, now here we go. Justin Thomas just moved up into the $7 tier. So JT, $7.45. That's past his fair value for tonight. It's asking him to finish about 10th or better at a, for a guy who loves Eastlake, who just needs to get that putter going, who is the scariest guy in the world to fade. Now $7.45 a share. Matt Fitzpatrick, that's my guy. That's my non-starting strokes guy. $6.88 just eclipsed his fair value. I hate the pre-rank that he got. 22 in a 30-man field for the U.S. Open champ. What are we doing here? $6.88. Sung JM, $6.80, a much more favorable pre rank That's fifth. If you're looking for guys who are going to break ties, um, obviously exclude Will Zalatoris from the conversation. The cheapest top 10 golfer that you can get right now, Aaron Wise. He's actually going to go out by himself on Thursday. He's going to be the lone man. Maybe he'll set a new uh, speed record. Maybe it'll let him play a little bit more, more freely. Who knows? But Aaron Wise going out as a single on Thursday morning, $5 a share. Let me refresh this big board. And see what we can find. 8.57 p.m. Eastern Time. That's what time it is. We've got a couple of minutes here until this thing is over. And it seems like Rory McIlroy is not going to stop until it's over. 9.28. Let's zoom down to the bottom of the leaderboard here. Billy Horschel, who we've seen uh, lose in three straight markets and in five of six, is $5.37 a share. Scott Stallings, who's been basically doing nothing but winning in his last six or eight starts, $4.90. That's $1.30 below his pre-rank. So $4.90 pre-rank is, or $4.90 price is 15th or better in a 29-person field when Scott Stallings has beaten a lot more golfers in a lot bigger fields as of late. KH Lee, $4.88. Had himself a very good BMW championship. Had himself a very good FedEx St. Jude championship. Two big wins there for his backers. Currently 488. Bottom of the board, as expected, Tom Hoagie, 388. The only golfer sub $4. Seb Straka, 415. JT Poston, 421. JT Poston's another guy. JT Poston was Scott Stallings before Scott Stallings was Scott Stallings. When he had that great little uh, you know eight tournament run, get hot, find a win in there. Stallings didn't do that. So we're rocking and rolling. 8.58. Guess who's on top? Yeah, you know it. It's Rory McElroy. $9.50. Now, at that price, you're asking Rory to finish seventh or better. Seventh is $10 a share. Uh, again, no starting stroke. Scotty Scheffler trying to close the gap. 9.05. He gets the second pre rank, which is one better than Rory McElroy. He gets the benefit of being the favorite to get the extra five points. So, no surprise that Scotty's going to keep it close with Rory McIlroy all night. Xander at 888, Patrick Cantley 875, John Rahm 866. That's it. That's the big five. Nobody else above $7.70 at the moment. Justin Thomas is the next most expensive. Haven't talked much about Colin Morikawa. He's going to start at one under, I believe, and uh, certainly looks good for the vast majority of last week. And then he found a 10 on the scorecard on Sunday on the back nine. Otherwise, he was in the mix. Turned him into a loser last week, but he was a big time winner at the W at the uh, FedEx St. Jude Championship. Currently sitting at six dollars and fifty one cents a share. It's eight fifty nine. This thing's got to be ending very very soon. So I'm going to try to get one more refresh in here. But this market's about to close. And wow, look at this! A late run on Scotty Scheffler, the number one golfer in the world, is now the number one golfer in the cash market. Nine dollars and ninety-one cents a share. Rory McIlroy nine seventy-five. Patrick Cantlay nine thirty. All the bids we've been waiting for all night just came in in the last ten seconds. So we've got four golfers over nine dollars. John Rahm sits by himself at eight seventy-five, and everybody else seven eighty-one or below. I'm going to try to refresh again because I think we might be getting uh, closed. Did it shut down? I don't know. It's not letting me. 
Yeah, I think we're we're closed. Yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I think we are too because my my big board is thinking. Whew. That was I, I I we'll see how it ends, but a run at the top in the last 10 seconds. Dude, I think just given that there was like 29 guys, um players were were closing price gaps quickly like people that i had in my orders where i had like a comfortable dollar cushion on was just evaporated in a matter of seconds i'm sure you guys noticed that too Um, i'm still waiting for them to sort of come over to see how many of them i lost out on and how many of them i got all right well while we're waiting on that i can tell you scotty scheffler did get to 10 bucks a share so scotty scheffler the most expensive ten dollars with rory mcelroy at 975 do you have uh yes i have it okay so joe who uh had patrick cantlay last week right i had patrick cantlay until the very very end rick um i think i had what did he end i think i had 915 i don't is that what he closed at or oh i was talking about at the bmw championship you oh yes my last yes. yeah yeah yes. sorry, sorry. Um, okay so last week. yeah who do you got this week scotty 10 bucks there you go. Um, was go. willing to pay 10 for him. Got it. Um, I lost out on Cantlay. I lost out on Xander late, but I did get Matt Fitzpatrick at $7.10 per share. Um, in the $5 range, I got Max Homa, Billy Horschel, and Adam Scott. And then in the $4 range, I went with, um, you know, the crop that's just coming in hot, man. Stalling, Straka, Poston. Those are my guys. I wish I would have been able to to still maintain some of uh, Cantlay and Xander because I feel like they're in advantageous spots as well. But happy that I was able to to secure some Scotty shares. I think he's getting that twenty five. Isn't it crazy that you have twenty five percent of the field in your portfolio? <laughs> I know. I was just looking at that. Yeah, actually, yeah. So I've got eight. I've got eight. Yeah, a little more than twenty five. <laughs> more. Yeah. Scotty Scheffler, Matt Fitzpatrick, Max Homa, Billy Horschel, Scott Stallings, uh, Sepp Straka. JT posted Adam Scott. I don't know if I said Adam Scott, but yeah, there you go. Eight golfers for Joe and his portfolio. Brent shares Poston and Straka with you. He also got shares of Brian Harmon. And he also got snaked on 10 open orders. Ooh. Yeah, that's tough when that happens. Um, that you were right, Scotty. Most expensive golfer in the market. 10 bucks a share. Rory, 975. So yeah, you you nailed it. That, that incentive for the extra five points... Uh, seemed to make a big difference. Yeah, I actually had uh I had Cantley rated a, a little bit higher than Rory, so um I had Rory number 3, but yeah, I can totally get it. I mean, he's been awesome. He's he loves Eastlake. Um he can erase a, he he can like if there's holes that are playing tough out there, Rory can make them look easy and, and make them look he's out there playing an executive course. So if anyone can erase a deficit on a very strong tough and difficult golf course and test um he can do it as well as anybody can't lay 930 xander 907 those are the four over nine dollars austin um I, this is not a typo because i know austin does this 200 uh, this sounds like 200 shares of scotty and 200 shares of patrick can't so that's yeah. the uh, big investment at the top of the board that you were <laughs> you were looking forward to austin got there that was those gaps that I was talking about closing because I had like a dollar gap on Scotty when I was in at 10 and it all of a sudden went to 10. I thought I was going to lose it. I had a big gap on Cantley, I think at 925. So um, it appears Austin, Austin was able to get me there. Cam Smith, 781, JT, 777, Tony Finau, 766. No real surprises. Actually, hold on. I'm thinking about this. Um, I got to readjust my brain for no starting strokes. So Sanjay got a lot of respect, but he's the five pre-rank and landed right on his fair value. So I guess that's fine. He's been awesome, but it's always a little bit bizarre. Like would uh, what are Colin Morikawa's non-starting stroke odds compared to Sanjay M's non-starting stroke odds? I'll look it up, but that, that feels a little bit, a little bit different to me. Yeah, I think Colin, I, I, I don't want to say Sungjae was like 22 to 1. I, I, Colin was probably like 25. But yeah, to, to see almost a dollar gap there feels feels like a lot. There Definitely people were high on Sungjae. Putting him above Matt Fitzpatrick, I think, is was surprising to me in, in and of itself. Yeah, so I see Sungjae at 20 to 1, uh, Morikawa 22. So Fitzpatrick 16 to 1, 
yes. without. So that's that seems like now again in our world here, the fifth and the twenty second pre rank is a big difference. But that there might be a little bit of value here on uh, Maddie Fitzpatty. Let's see what else we've got. Hideki five fifteen. I mean, we talk about it every week, but man, like, <laughs> I guess he's lost six out of seven. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to do with this guy, and I would never buy shares of him. But I think it's just an interesting subplot to keep an eye on. Always seems to feel low on Hideki. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, okay, well, here's what's going to happen. Uh, Joe and I are going to remind you that this has only just begun, and now we're in the live market, and you can buy more shares, you can sell shares, you can sort short shares. Uh, with a no-cut event and only 29 golfers, as we've seen in, in other years, Joe. Lots of fluctuation on the board, especially because, remember, we're going to be following the shadow leaderboard, not the FedEx Cup leaderboard. So there's a lot of play left in this thing. Absolutely, yeah. If you if you just are like catching this stream on Twitter or YouTube and you haven't like done jock market and you think it looks cool – Get in there now. You can use the promo code there. A power will get you a $100 deposit match up to 100% um, of your first deposit. You can still enter this contest that I just bid in the IPO and Austin just bought 200 shares of. And you can buy those shares off of Austin. If I know anything about him, he's got a sell price like any of us. Um, you can also short players now in the live market. So this thing is going to move with the gap that we don't normally see between finishing third and fourth and fifth. I think it continues to open up more opportunities in terms of short selling, live trading. All that stuff should be extremely exciting this week, Thursday to Sunday. Um, you can play it the entire time, which makes it unique and fun. So, so please come join us if you haven't yet. While the PGA Tour season is coming to an end i'm happy to report that uh we have the shortest off season in all of sports joe yes. and that we will only be taking uh two weeks before we start the fortinet championship and then we've got i don't know if there'll be a president i i can't imagine there's a president's cup jock market but there'll be president's cup stuff and we'll be rocking and rolling again before you know it so this is just a short tiny little break to rest recuperate hone in your jock market ipo pricing models and be ready to rock and roll for Napa. That's right. Honing the models, all the data. Like I, I spent hours today just pulling stuff and looking up markets all from your website. You can download the data from every single jock market uh, conveniently, quickly into a little CSV file from there. It's completely for free. So play around with stuff, dabble in a little NFL preseason while we're at it. Uh, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. In January of 2024, what will Tiger Woods's IPO be in arena? golf oh god i don't know how is this i I've, i'm intrigued by this um how exactly it's going to work is it is it is it the idea all pga tour players or are they going to have like a three-man team of like maybe me you and oh. like we'll get another guy and, and it will just show how much better they are we'll play against them i don't know <laughs> i'm available i'll be available january 2024 you and i can fill out a third yeah, uh but we'll yeah a team. It'll, it'll be fun. All right, Joe, always a pleasure, bud. Congrats on a, uh, a great season, and we'll kick it off again in, uh, in two weeks. Thanks, guys. See you soon. See ya.